Welcome back to Following Noah on a Stormlight Podcast. This week is episode 76, and we're doing chapter 77 through 79 of Oathbringer. After last week, we've had some pretty troubling revelations about Dalinar, and Dalinar is conspicuously absent from today's today's episode. We don't have any Dalinar content. We do have some quite a bit of Shalon and, and Kaladin content, each respectively, though. We've got a iconic chapter uh called the revel to talk about this this week which i really dislike that chapter but we'll get there paul how are you well uh, i'm doing great um really glad to talk about this uh honestly kind of glad we're, we're having a little break from don or he just needs a little time he needs a little time <laughs> off right now um so yeah doing great i just saw that new dune movie for everyone watching i am mm. seeing it pretty recently but you'll be seeing this like a week or so later, so I also see new news. I also saw Dune, and it was it almost met my expectations, but I had pretty high expectations for it. So S- same, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a great movie. I recommend it. Um, no more spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, Elliot, how are you? I'm good. I am. I am not okay with the fact that we don't have Dalinar in these chapters. I need to mm. know where that storyline is going, and. We're having to take a pause for good old Kaladin and Shalom, which is fine, I guess. Paul, who's on our mug? This week we have Dremel, please. Ranksk. Ranksk. However you say your name. I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize in advance. We have Ranks here uh, on your mug. We have it says United by Blue. I have no clue what that means, but it is a blue mug. Says rise and grind with some coffee on the back. Hope you like coffee. Um, oh man. Okay, Ranksk is a surgeon. I'm definitely right this time. Right? He's, he's gonna be one for seven or whatever his yes. record is now. Ranksk is a surgeon. He, <laughs> you are one for one for six, one for seven. Inc- incredible, incredible. Okay, I. Did my homework this week, so yes. Thank you so much to Ranksk. Um, he, he's been pretty involved in our Discord. If uh, you're watching and you've been in there, uh, he, he's been hanging out with us for a little while, and we're really happy to have him around and talk about Stormlight Archive. And uh, He's he's even more involved than you guys know, because he's in all of the exclusive channels as well, talking about how wrong you guys are with all your predictions all the and stuff. Channels. Yeah. Yeah, all the spoiler channels. <laughs> Um, oh man! And I'll go ahead and plug. He's got a he's got his own YouTube channel. He does Sudoku uh, puzzles, like live streams and stuff. So I'll leave his his channel in the description. You can go check him out and subscribe to him if you if you like. True. Thanks for thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. All right. Without further ado, two words to summarize episode seventy six. We'll start with Elliot. Two words from me for these episodes or these chapters, I should say. Hearts and minds. Hearts and minds. Paul? That's pretty good. Yeah, my two words are... Well, they, uh, it's gluttony showcase. Hearts and minds. Gluttony showcase. These are four good words. Let's use them to talk about the premiere.
All right, I feel like they're fairly obvious, but we'll start with you, Paul. What are your what are your words about? So I think mine seem pretty obvious, right? So we have this chapter, I think it's the Revel, right? And it showcases this scene of just a lot of like gross like uh, to us the reader like really gross like food and people just really stuffing their faces and just kind of in a trance almost um and it, that gluttony just came to my mind of just like people indulging themselves or seeking for comfort through indulgence um but showcase has kind of a double meaning uh it does refer to that, but I thought of it mostly with later in our episode, Kaladin fighting a fused, and he really showcases his ability there and just showcases um, a lot of his fighting, even without maybe using his powers to the fullest extent and things like that. Um, and so that was uh, the main reason I chose that word. Gotcha. Uh, Elliot. So I chose hearts for similar reasons to your words, Paul, the heart of the revel that we've now heard a couple times and, and Shalon actually getting to the heart of the revel and getting to see this thing, which was pretty intense, really intense. And I also picked hearts because of that scene with Kaladin and the fused actually, because in that little battle, he learns that he he's like stabbing the fused with his sill blade and realizes that he can't really harm the fused unless he goes for the heart. And Sill kind of helps him figure that out. And I, I think we probably could have guessed that already. We I think we already know that they have like gem heart gem heart sort of things, organs, whatever you want to call them. So important little factoid there, I think, that you gotta go for the gem heart to take down a, a fused. That's probably going to be important later, I think. And then mines. I went for mines because of Shallan's mental battle in this chapter and the, the influencing and corruption this unmade spren thing seems to have over her. Um, that was the main reason. A little bit more to talk about with uh, High Marshal Azure when we get to that chapter, but those are the main reasons. I'm glad you picked up on the gem heart reference kind of it wasn't fully explained in that chapter but yeah um i just wanted to highlight the difference between your knight's radiant who constantly talks about severing the spine right and then the void bringers about the gem heart like there's two specific ways to kill each one so all right i have i have a quick question about yeah. gem hearts um I was I was wondering so I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a gem heart. Like we talked about it with the chasm fiends and stuff kind of earlier in our story. How it was kind of like a great sense of, of wealth. That's why people would hunt chasm fiends. Right. Um But do we know like what they're like made of? Because in my head I'm almost thinking it's like a stormlight imbued thing. But I don't think that's the case. And I was wondering, do we do we know? We don't have to go off in that bunny trail too long, but do we know what they're like made of? It's it's a gemstone with whatever the void bringer equivalent of stormlight is. So your you, your your mental picture is not wrong. Uh, they have a 
like a literally a gemstone for a heart. Okay. And and haven't we seen examples of like a chasm fiend gem heart that's been imbued with like regular stormlight? I, I think there is at least one or two examples of that. So we know that's possible too. And we, the most recent time we've seen it was actually in our interlude. They were on the beach of Aemia, right? Um, was where we were. I see a gem heart there, I think, yeah. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves into 79, let's go back to 77. And this chapter opens with Shallan, Adolin, and Kaladin all in a storm shelter in Kolinar. And they're having a talk with themselves. And Adolin is saying that Elokar is actually doing a better job than anticipated with recruiting some of the light-eyed houses in Kolinar to go take back the palace. And I just, it's not like a very important point, but I do want to just highlight this real quick because it talk, it kind of shows that there's still fight left in the light eyes of, of Kolinar. You, you seem like it's very run down feeling for Kolinar. And, but once they're prodded, like with Azure recruiting for the wall guard and Elokar going around saying, Hey, we need to take back the palace. Like, they, they do respond to proper leadership of getting behind and fighting these these Voidbringers that are, that are about to siege them. It does seem like we're hitting a city at its low point, and what it desperately needs are, which you're talking about, Trevor, a good you know leader to come in and, and rally everyone together to fight against this corruption that's entered their city. So we haven't actually like seen Elokar in a scene for a few chapters, but it sounds like from just kind of the conversation that maybe he's he's potentially that leader, or maybe he could have a, a pretty cool scene coming up with him rallying the city to try and take back the palace, maybe, perhaps. That's true. So we've we've had these we've talked in several of our previous chapter episodes about is Elokar going to one die or get killed <laughs> yeah. or two um is he going to kind of have a redemption story or arc here where he becomes more heroic and kind of gains his footing like he's been wanting to um, and i right now i feel like we've begun kind of a redemption arc and it's kind of got me excited i would i would like elokar to become like a relevant hero at some point instead of just <laughs> being a, a kind of a mess up throughout the whole story that's certainly how he views, views himself as mm -hmm. a mess up everything he touches just goes south real quick All right, what did Shalon figure out? Elliot, you've got it in the outline here. So Shalon figured out that there's not just one unmade here in Kolinar. She thinks there's two unmade. And that caught me a little off guard. I wasn't ready for that. You've had us like guessing who this unmade would be or like what the effects are. And I was getting kind of confused because there was the whole 
gluttony thing. But then there's also the whole like strange spren corruption thing. And those didn't seem to make sense together. Well, now we know why, because at least in Shalon's theory, those are the effects of two different unmade, apparently maybe working together to control the whole city or do their unmade thing here. So starting to make a little more sense. Definitely was a bit surprised by that one. So we have the first one who Wit has confirmed to us is here, the heart of the rebel, and we're yep. about to go. We're about to go visit in in the next chapter. The second one, which I may or may not have accidentally spoiled for you two in a previous episode, <laughs> uh, and I censored it for our listeners. Do you guys want to piece this together because I cut that part of for him? I feel like this is one of the those, you know, putting all the strings together that we we could have figured out if we we realized where to look, but but this is gonna be Shah Anat, right? Right. Which we saw before in an interlude, where the discussion in that interlude was something about like look for the strange spren or look for the corrupted spren or something like that to find this unmade. And that's exactly what we're seeing here in Kolinar. Yeah, it was... Um, I don't remember what kind of characters we were following. I actually thought this was in a Dalinar vision. I could be wrong. It is in a Dalinar uh, flashback. Yes, you're so right. He, Thank you. He's as basically a soldier, and I want to say they're in like a river area, or maybe in the pier lake, lake, somewhere over there. And they see these like red lightning-like spren. And in our head, we're like, what is this mysterious spren? But I'm taking that to be like a fake spren. Or something from Ja Anat. Um, and that's where we hear that name. And yes, you can kind of piece that to be here as Ja Anat. Um, which I wanted to bring up. We don't have to go on this too long, but I am curious. Because with Ray Shapir, our first unmade we saw... In my head, it seemed like a direct, like correlation or inverse to our orders of Knights Radiant to the Lightweavers. Mm-hmm. To the Lightweavers, and here, I don't know that I see that very much. I don't know how they connect, or maybe they're not supposed to connect. I don't know if somehow the heart of the Revel. Also, okay, I I have. With Jeanot, I have no clue. I don't know how it connects to that. I don't know if it's supposed to connect. If not, that's okay. If it is, the only thing I can think of connecting the Revel to is actually Edge Dancers, just because Lyft eats food and that's actually good Stormlight, and that is all. <laughs> that is the only thing I can think of, only connection I can make. Yeah, I, I've tried to think through some of the same stuff, Paul, of trying to align our unmade to, you know, opposites of, of Orders of Night's Radiant. And I partially feel like we don't maybe know enough necessarily about all of our orders to do that. So I don't want to rule it out, but I am kind of with you there. If I can't really quite draw parallels for these two on the on the corruption and the art of the revel. I too thought about Lyft. Uh, when we when we were talking about the the whole 
Revel thing, but actually for a different reason that I want to bring up in a second when we get to that scene where she actually sees the heart. So remind me and I'll bring up Lyft again in a second. Sounds good. In this meeting, they've they've kind of come to the conclusion that unless they get the oath gate open, the city's going to fall. That they have they have the wall guard, they have some of the light eyes, but even with all of that, they there aren't enough bodies in Kolinar to defend against what's coming, so they have to get the oath gate open. So that's priority number one. So, so go ahead, Paul. Um, well, we have some important things to get to, and I just have one unimportant question before that. Well, I, it's kind of important. I'm just asking because, Elliot, you had a Kremlin sighting noted, and I don't remember this, so I'm really curious to see. I was just going to chime in with exactly that before we okay. before we moved on here, because I, I need you to put your conspiracy theory hat on here for a second. We're going to need that conspiracy theory hat again later, but this is the instance number one here. I'm going to read you a, a little section here and have you help me figure out if this is a important Kremlin sighting or if I'm I'm keying in on a detail that's not important. So here we go. Kaladin finished his drink, wishing it were one of Rock's concoctions instead, and flicked away an odd Kremlin that he spotted clinging to the side of the bench. It had a multitude of legs and a bulbous body with a strange tan pattern on its back. Disgusting. Even with the stresses of the city, the proprietor, proprietor at least keep this place clean. And that's it. And there's nothing maybe particular about this Kremlin that makes me, you know, think we've just spotted a, a sleepless or, or maybe the influence of sleepless. The only reason I'm keen on this is because it gets its own dedicated paragraph. If if Kaladin is spending some time like noticing this, I'm assuming that kind of your your run of the mill Kremlin, Kaladin's not even going to care about. Like you know, oh Kremlin, who cares? But he like keys in on this odd looking Kremlin. Odd looking Kremlin. We've seen odd looking Kremlins before, and it uh, was followed by something pretty crazy. So. There's the conspiracy. What do you think, Paul? It's definitely legit. Like, this is definitely a sleepless that's spying on Kaladin. No doubt in my mind. No doubt at all. He that's didn't, some he's gonna send, he isn't going to send a Kremlin that's like a nose or something, right? <laughs> but one of his... But like a Kremlin... So it, it, it specifies that there's, there's just like weird markings on his back like i don't know mm -hmm. i feel like it could be like your knuckle or something like the, the knuckle creases that's kind of what i envision maybe being yeah. on there and it's part of this sleepless or something like that so i think i think yeah that's a good kremlin sighting we'll still wait and see when they come into play i i'm not convinced but i'm highly suspicious a sleepless I mean, as far as the motives that we know for them, they're kind of in the backgrounds influencing things that they feel that they need to. And so one of the sleepless spying on Shalon, Adolin, and Kaladin's conversation here in the tavern or in the storm shelter, like that's totally like understandable. Plausible. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I'm there too. I also have a bit of a crazy running theory that the sleepless may have something to do with cultivation. That's pretty far out there. I, I think I mentioned that a, a you know five or six episodes now. So I'm my my crazy grand theory is that maybe like the sleepless are cultivations minions kind of you know spreading across the world and, and gathering information for her so yeah is this a, a a sleepless sort of just eavesdropping on our heroes i i wouldn't bet against it so right before we get into chapter 78 which i feel like we'll spend a good deal of time on today uh we have vatha who has accidentally light-weaved himself into somebody else when the innkeeper walks in, and he gets startled and puts on a fake face, and Shalon kind of congratulates him. And he's he's a light-weaving squire for uh, Shalon, which would imply, if, assuming the same rules for Bridge 4, that Shalon needs to be nearby for him to have his Stormlight powers, and that he's... He can kind of figure it out, but he needs the guidance. And I wanted to bring this up again because we've we've talked about it briefly before, but what are your guys' thoughts on this whole squire mechanic of the Knight's Radiant? We've talked about it briefly, but and I I specifically don't like it as a as a device in these books of you know, as long as you have somebody who can like search mine near you and you're good friends with them then you can search mine it kind of just loses its charm to me that okay everybody can use stormlight at some point so i feel that way as well i think the way in my mind that it would have to be redeemed is if there's some like war or like large scene where kind of all the combined efforts of all the different like squires and things like that do something else like super special um or maybe we can like combine powers to make some kind of great thing or something like that but just normally like them being able to casually surge bind because kaladin or shallan can is kind of lame i i'm not a fan i i think i'm less bothered by it so far than than you guys i totally get it that this might somewhat feel like a artificial way to ramp up the excitement you know how how can we make the battles bigger and more awesome well now everyone can wield stormlight and something like that but it it feels to me so far at least a, a natural progression and if if that is a way that we sort of like you're talking about, Paul, ramp up to a massive battle with really epic stuff that that happens. I'm I'm on board at least so far. I think it just like I completely agree with you, but it just feels cheap to me. That I mean, Vatha's nowhere close to I'm saying his words. In my opinion, like he's we haven't really seen that arc happen at all. So for him to be able to start light weaving and sh i mean chillon says to herself that she started light weaving before she said the words or her truths or whatever she needed to say um so i don't know it just feels like he hasn't he hasn't paid his dues he hasn't gone on that journey i can agree with that anything else before the heart of the rebel 
talk about the the revel. All right. So there's a minor paragraph in here that I it's not so minor if you stay on it for more than 2 seconds. Shalon is approaching the cult and walking up to the gates to get it let in with her um her swift spren um title is what she's been being called by all the um the serfs in Kolinar and turns out swift spren is just veil because that's who she was who she was concealing herself as while handing out a bunch of food and it bothers her that the cult know who veil is um and she's a thought to herself of well why does that bother you veil is a, a made-up person anyway like you haven't given away anything they don't know who shalon is they they just know who veil is so why not just scrap uh, scrap veil and make a new persona when this is done so that they can't track you and then she counters herself with saying uh no absolutely not it would be way easier to scrap shalon um than to scrap veil and make a new persona i've invested too much into veil and who veil is that i can't get rid of this persona i i noticed this as well when i was reading and yeah, Shalon's going even further down this this path that we've talked about a couple times over the last 15, 20 chapters of she's she's getting more lost in her persona, she's getting more confused by who she is. Yeah, this is another step further down that road even of she's oh yeah, I need to, you know, I can just retreat back to who I am. That's veil, right? Right? No, it's not. Oh, like yeah, she's yeah. Yikes. I've, I'll add a little more to that. Actually, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, and I definitely, that in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with recreating yourself. There's nothing wrong with you know, turning a, a new leaf over and putting your past behind you and moving on to something new. So if if Shalon were to you know, embrace Vale and and say this is my new me, I. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but the fact that she's getting so confused and so lost that she doesn't even know who she is or what her motives are or what thoughts are even hers anymore, that's the danger for me. It, it's not necessarily the the actions or the personalities. It's the she doesn't even know who at the core she is anymore. She's gone way too many steps down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine being betrothed to Shalon in Adeline's shoes, where one day she'll be Shalon and flirting right back at you and all happy, and then next day you catch her at a bad time and she's grumpy veil, and it's like, eh, don't talk to me. I'd rather talk to Kaladin, you know, like, there's just no way no winning there <laughs> yeah we're we're like headed for literal schizophrenia at this point there's gonna be like <laughs> fully established different people inside of her body pretty soon 
if not already. Yeah, I think I think that's already here. <laughs> Honestly, it's 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 gotten to a point where it's just so bad. Um, I know I voiced very strongly about this whenever we first were introduced to Brightness Radiant, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm surprised we haven't really seen. I'm not complaining. I, I did not like the character of Brightness Radiant very much, but. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm growing a little numb to it. I'm just like, okay, Shalon is crazy still. <laughs> okay, moving on. Will she pull it together and kill the rev the the revel or any of these unmade or things like that? All right. So Shalon gets an invitation to the revel walks up to the Oath Gate and is met with her guide. I don't remember the guide's name, and he barely remembers his name either. Yeah. And uh, he gives her a new name of Kishi. Kishi? Kishi? Something like that. Kishi? Yeah. And it's basically everything. I hate this chapter. I'm just going to say I really don't like this chapter because it's so well depicted of this drunken like excess gluttony like everything that you could possibly imagine in the category of gluttony is happening here to the point of there's like it wouldn't be surprise me if there were like dead bodies in in this party that people just don't care that they're that they've died and they're just there partying and they don't care Yeah, it it definitely shows that everyone who's there is completely just like mind controlled, mm. basically, and is and is enjoying this party like it's on the, from the outside looking in. It's supposed to be really cool and stuff, but we as the readers see how like horrid and disgusting it it seems, um, and it is really, really uncomfortable to read. So I understand why why you wouldn't like it, Trevor. Um. It seems like we're witnessing like just pure carnal desire completely taking over these people. Like they no longer have any reason. They don't have any other emotions. They're just completely overtaken by physical desire and they just completely succumb to that. I, I was a little curious though, what is different about the like light eyes or whoever that are like the revel goers who are who are completely taken over by this and the ardents like her guide who don't seem fully taken over by this they they are more like facilitators of this they feel the pull which shalon uses later right to kind of escape the 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 guy he's clearly like partaking but he seems to still be able to reason and he still seems to have an agenda and care about some things, he's not completely mind-wiped. So, like, what's the difference, I'm wondering? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, is it that certain certain people, or maybe the Ardents, or, or are these, like, the, the cult members, they're, like, kind of chosen as the facilitators of this all, and the the unmade, the, the heart of the rebel is, like, using them and not completely overtaking them so that they're just mindless zombies they're they're actually kind of the people 
controlling all of this. Someone has to be like providing all the food, right? Too. So there's there's kind of the they're the behind the scenes, and then like the light eyes or the people they take in, like Shalon, who's walking into here. They're the ones that just kind of get sucked into the point of no return, maybe. There's different the different circles too, where there's the outer circle of we're partying, we're eating all the food, and then there's the inner circle where they're genuinely insane. They're like they've surpassed the I'm pursuing carnal pleasure to I'm dying because I don't know how to take care of myself anymore. Yep. I did notice along the way, though, there's at least one instance where pattern is able to kind of intervene here a little bit. There's there's a moment, I think it's fairly early on, when Shalon kind of arrives on the scene. She She's feeling the pull, she's feeling this voice, but then pattern is able to kind of combat that a little bit. She There's a moment where like her mind clears a little bit because pattern's like, humming and, and droning out the voice or something like that. I thought that was interesting that that Pattern's able to influence this and maybe like fight against the influence of the unmade a little bit. Is that kind of how you guys read it as well? Yeah, it definitely seemed like like there was a little bit of help or kind of a touch with reality. Um, I think it's kind of funny that I referred to you almost like talking to a Sprenna's a touch with reality, like it just seems funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I mean, it feels like Pattern has tried to keep Shalong grounded in general, and I don't know if he can quite do it. She, she's a handful, respectfully, but um, There's also another voice that was confusing me mm-hmm. because we have we have pattern. We're used to him, right? We now have this kind of seductive, suggestive voice, which we're kind of assuming is the heart of the rebel. That's like trying to pull Shalon in, trying to tempt her with the food and everything. It's the same voice that she's kind of assuming the other revel goers are hearing is kind of what she uses to try and decoy that, that guy away. But then there's other voices or other things that are being said to Shalon that don't fit with that at all. There's a couple instances where the voice or a voice is warning Shalon and saying, no, this is, this is a trap or, don't don't do this. And I gotta admit, reading I I'm curious if the audiobook used like different voices for those because when you're just reading the book, it's right there tucked alongside the sort of just italicized words that are the heart of the revel. So trying to like decipher what's what voice is challenging. And I'm I'm not sure who's who and what's what now. It's actually probably more obvious for audiobook listeners because uh, Kate Redding changes her voice for okay. for the new that new voice that you're talking about. So let's back up a little bit. Once she gets t- once she gets through the tears and gets to 
the room of the unmade, she sees this huge dark mass covering the entire building of the Oathgate, not just like that pillar that was in your theory. This is covering that whole command building that's on those oath gates. And then she hears that other voice that says, this is a trap. I'm not your enemy. Um, and you need to get out, I think is what it says. And uh, so it, it's probably easier for the audiobook listener to distinguish which voice is which there. I don't I don't remember having problems uh, listening and distinguishing but honestly I don't remember paying that close of attention. So uh, with that part specifically like to the voices so it may not be that much help uh but <laughs> <laughs> but she does use different voices and I don't remember having a problem distinguishing like what what was going on i don't remember as much with the positive voice is the only thing i'm trying to remember with the revel like you could tell she she uses a different voice and it, it seems pretty obvious um but otherwise well, it's not as obvious there's a part of this that i bet you do remember that seems like it may be tied in to this voice and that's right at the end where shalon's shadow turns the wrong way did you catch that part i did no that that was a big red flag in my mind that went on. yeah and so i i stopped there and was was keyed on that like whoa we've seen a few different instances of that now this is another good data point to figure out what the heck is going on when people's shadows go the wrong way but when that happened it was one of the moments where that new voice was speaking almost to the point where it was almost implied that it was maybe coming from her shadow. Like that was kind of, it didn't say that necessarily, but that was kind of what I came out of that scene feeling like as if her shadow like turned into some kind of a spren and it was trying to, you know, warn her. Th these are all kind of what ifs, but I, I think we're supposed to be a little confused still at this point, but I was I was very confused and and wondering quite a few different things. What are the? I believe we have two. What are the other two instances of your shadow going the wrong direection? I can Axies, give you. Right. Yep, Axie's the and collector. In, didn't in Yasna in yep. the prelude to Words of Radiance. Yep, and there's one more. When somebody is in Shadesmar, I don't remember who it is, the shadows are backwards there in Shadesmar. Okay. I was going to say, using I'm going to use Yasna as the primary example because we know more about her. Axes is like we don't know that much. Um, But my thought is maybe your shadow being in front of you is kind of like you are closer to the cognitive realm or, or Shadesmar, right? Like, maybe that's, like, I don't know, almost the door to Shadesmar or something along those lines. Because um, that is the only thing that makes sense. Because Yasna can go to Shadesmar and Shalon can as well. And it would kind of make sense, I guess, in the presence of this, like, super sp spren that maybe, like, He's just 
tied to Shakespeare. That, that's my only thought. Is like maybe it's like it means you're close to Shakespeare. I don't know. And that's it's my like the window between. That I, I'm on board with that theory. I, I think that's as far as my brain can get there with with the shadows as well. Is it seems like maybe that's always the case in Shadesmar. And so these are just like examples of the two realms coming together and like bridging momentarily. That that seems a little far fetched. I don't know. Cause cause Yasna was soul casting in that scene, right? When we saw her shadow go the wrong way. So she'd like just come back from Shadesmar or something like that, maybe. Or she goes to Shadesmar shortly after. It she it was in the prelude. She still had no idea what her powers were doing. She was basically slipping in and out of Shadesmar on accident. Yeah. So if Shalon is kind of entering into a a bridge point and that it's created by this unmade, that that would make sense. It I don't know. It feels like we're still missing a little something there. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, what were your thoughts? So this happens whenever she sees the heart of the rebel, right? Like the physical heart. Um, what what were your thoughts? Because it was pretty vivid, like ugly description of yeah. the heart of the rebel. And I mean, it was similar, I guess, to Ray Shapir, but um, just kind of this huge blob of energy yeah I, I probably should have had one of my words for this chapter be gross because that yeah. was kind of my my thought through a lot of this chapter was you gross you know this this rebel going on this dark mass that's like oozing and crawling all over the the building and not just the like the physical aspect of it too but just like the mental part of the struggle that Shalon goes through as well. Like the closer she gets to this thing, the the more it starts to like take over her, her mind to the point where she like knows I can't go any further. Otherwise I'm just going to completely succumb to this thing. But yeah, gross. So one thing that kind of surprised me, I expected our unmade to be a bit more human, a bit more humanoid. Like, so what we've seen is they're they're like a like our heralds, yeah, yeah, like our heralds, just like a really powerful enemy human, you know, like it could maybe like transform or do crazy things, but like have like a human or a natural state, sort of, um, and or, or... we've only seen like a super blob or like big heart or yeah. Or even more just Spren-like, you know? We we have a lot of examples now of, of Spren who are more human-like than a lot of other things. We have, you know, our various Spren we know, Sil, Pattern, all of those people. I was expecting, yeah, something a little more humanoid-ish and, and less, like, force of nature. They, they seem to be very sort of just dark energy, force of nature sort of things. No comment. Of course. 
Still plenty scary. Don't think I'd want to face one of these things. I could take them, but yeah. All right, I'll I'll let you lead the way, Paul. You got this. Okay, thanks. Let me know how it goes. I will. I will. All right, Elliot. My little one burner power. In our uh, outline here, you say you have a new theory. You want to hit this? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually, it's not really a theory. It's more. It's this is another idea, like a here's what they should do, sort of theory. I we mentioned this earlier. Paul, you mentioned edge dancers and and lift as maybe sort of a something you think of when you're we're talking about food and the revel. And I thought of lift as well. And I almost thought of lift as like the good opposite of this. Lift seems to have this driving hunger, but she channels it in positive ways. Like she's so full of energy, right? And she wants stuff but she is able to channel that in a, in a good way. Whereas this is sort of the, you want stuff to the detriment of all else and you can't do anything else. Maybe they need to find lift and bring her here and see if she could like counteract this unmade kind of like how Shalon seemed like she was the, the antidote for the other unmade. What if lift is the antidote for this one? That was my thought idea. I like it. I don't know if they even have a good enough relationship with Lyft to even like try that at this point. Is Lyft even going to come? Probably not. But I, I feel like if anybody's going to be immune to the seduction of this unmade, it's going to be Lyft. Like Lyft is just going to not even like blink at this, you know, the influence of this unmade. I was thinking that as well. You know, uh, Lyft could just go in and eat all of the like evil food and just turn it to good power. You know, and yeah, just like uh, supercharge herself and have yeah, no ill exactly. effects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the food she could want, like that. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think they need to get Lyft on the scene here. So I I want to see a Lyft versus Heart of the Revel showdown. I'll put it on the whiteboard. Yeah. yeah, I think Lyft directly counters the heart of the revel. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Anything else for the revel? We've got some Kaladin constant in this chapter that we'll circle back to here in a second. I did want to mention Kaladin, but that was it for the the scene on the oath gate. Likewise. All right, Elliot, I'll let you take it then. So Kaladin and Azure have a little bit of a showdown. This is the scene where he just kind of plonks himself next to her at the, 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 the dinner table, right? Yep. And just kind of, you know, starts calling her out or challenging her. Who are you? You know, right in front of all the men who they all think he's, you know, a low level private, you know, walking up to the general and, and challenging her. So they're all like in shock. It's actually a pretty funny scene, actually. And and Kaladin, you know, just is classic Kaladin. He's just kind of laying on the line and, and challenging her. And we don't actually get to learn as much as I was hoping we were in this because the scene ends with the attack of the Voidbringers, right? They're, they're about to, like, reveal a bunch of really important information and then the alarm bells ring. But 
Azure drops an interesting line at the conclusion of their little confrontation. Kaladin is kind of alluding like, yeah, I, I know who you are. And Azure responds kind of back with, oh, were you chasing me? And that response, I, I actually, I, I glossed over it the first time as, as just kind of a response. But then when I was coming through the second time taking my notes, I paused like, that's an odd response if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Is she expecting someone to be chasing her? Is is she running from someone? Is she are are people like out there seeking her? I gotta say, I think I I did not want to jump on the bandwagon of Azure being a herald because I don't feel like I see that here. But that one line nudges me in that direction a little bit. I feel like there's a lot of people in the world looking for heralds, at least if you know they're out there. So is is this kind of Azure letting slip that maybe Kaladin thinks knows I'm a herald and he's chasing me sort of thing? So my thought with this is don't don't people don't common people just in the world here in Roshard like know the names of the heralds or at least sort of mm-hmm. do you th- if so, then wouldn't Azure like not actually be named Azure? Like, because I imagine well, if Azure was the name of a herald, people would be like, "What the heck, you know?" But but um, what if that's not her real name? What yeah, if that's she's what I'm just saying. going by? Okay, yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm with you then. What if this is not her real name and she's somebody yeah. undercover? Yeah, like if she's a herald, then she has to be a kind of undercover right like, yeah she's azure but she's not actually she's herald name elin you know and yep and if you remember back to the chapter that we meet her in she is very motivated to fight void breeders like that's the one thing we know about her is that she talks to kaladin and says those are not human out there. They will reduce this city to rubble or at best enslave everybody is her pitch. And that kind of sounds like somebody who's talking from experience. It does. It does. I, I think the main reason why I'm against the Herald theory is we've been told that our Heralds are all broken and the, the two that we've seen so far, or at least the two that we know we've seen so far, are are good. very much that. Good correction. <laughs> you, you, you've hinted at, yes, other things. But the, the two that I could talk to you about right now, Talonel and and Nail, they're they're insane, right? They're they're crazy. They they don't think right. They're they're a mess. Azure seems to have it all together. Azure seems very much organized, a good leader, someone who's stepping up in a time of crisis to be what everyone needs her to be. That doesn't seem to fit with what we've been told our heralds are at this time. So that's my that's my evidence against Harold. That's fair. I I I was thinking the same thing of like I don't know that our heralds would be that excited or that like proud about fighting the void bringers as azure seems because the rest are kind of like 
It's the desolation. Just just go high. Like, just <laughs> get out of here, you know? Just wait for the next uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, doesn't seem... Yes, it seems more crazy about it. Uh, my thought now, though, is... We don't, do we know who the... We, we don't know who the Lightweaver Herald is, right? Do you want me to do tell you? Do, do we know? Do me and Elliot know? No, you don't. Okay. Because in my head, the only way that this person now could be a Herald is like... Maybe they're a herald that like puts up a front, kind of like we've seen Shalon, and so I'm like, what if this is the Lightweaver herald? Um, or maybe else I don't remember enough about else colors, but that notion is the only way I actually see this being a herald. If that makes sense. Because I, I think I think they're gonna be a bit too scuffed or like broken. Um, unless it's part of their whole like trope or personality to put up a positive front. Um, so those are my final thoughts on Azure being held potentially. I want to throw a wrench into this though. Uh-oh. Get get back out your conspiracy theory hat. So bridging into the next chapter a little bit, we can we can come back, but. In chapter 79, we're going to go to the actual scene where they're fighting. Azure has some lines in this chapter, which struck me as odd, even the first time that I read them. So here's what she says. They're like in battle, right? They're just like charging into battle. So these are just kind of like off the cuff. They don't seem to mean much. They're just almost like exclamations. Azure says, and this is the beginning of the chapter, I'm missing something like white on black dot 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 it just ends there and then later on she says that's the entire enemy army i'd bet my red life on it and i i like i'm reading these thinking what like first (laughs) off those she's like making references to something that doesn't even make any sense and they're all colors black on white my red life what the heck are these references to I think I know. Unless you're about to, are you about to say it? I'm about to go a couple directions with it, so I want to okay. see what your your conspiracy theory antenna is telling you first. Well, okay. Well, my thought with those lines is, so our Parshendi are either they're kind of a mix of either like red and black, red and white, yeah. black and white, like those three yeah. colors. We've only seen one who was all three right and that was I blanking on the name, but the like really powerful Leshwe. one. Yes, Leshwe uh was like marbled of all three. But that makes no sense to me, but it sounds like she's talking as if she's like a Parshendi. That's where that's that was the only correlation I could think of of those three colors, but that makes no sense. So, and, and that's a and that's a third. I was gonna throw out two theories, and none of neither one was that. That that's actually a, a that's good right. that those three colors are the the skin colors of the the Parshendi. But it actually makes no sense. So I'm, yeah. I'm gonna kind of go ahead and trash that one already. 
but that's just like what I initially was yeah. thinking of with those colors. So, so the the crazy makes absolutely no sense. There's no possible way it's true. Conspiracy is that uh, Azure is a character from uh, Warbreaker, and this is her making a reference to like colors. You know, they they have all kinds of sayings in that world. Remember, of like, oh, the colors, well, like colors you above, know, and, yeah, like yeah, exactly. So here she is, you know, oh, black on white and oh, my red life. Like she's just referencing colors for she's, some strange she's reason. Swearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that's crazy theory, but I, I'm probably only thinking of that because we read Warbreaker. That and that's the only other thing I have to compare to. Uh, the other thing, though, that's maybe a little more in the realm of realistic, and I'd have to go do some research on this. This reminded me of Zyle. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. Zyle, who we already have some crazy conspiracy theories on. He makes similar like nonsense statements sometimes where he'll just like it's raining and he's just like, I don't remember the exact quotes, but he'll just make a nonsense quote. And I feel like even one of them references like a color or something like that, where it's just like, wait, what, huh? Okay, (laughs) moving on. Like this is another one of those moments where it's like you, I'm getting the impression that this is a person from a different realm or people group that are just has like you know colloquialisms i can't say that word don't ask me to spell it either but that uh that seems to be what's happening here are the two of them somehow related maybe that makes a lot more sense i could definitely see the the warbreaker theory that just makes sense in my mind of like no one knows like knew who she was like world worldwide at least throughout roshar and stuff right um and maybe that's because she was hanging out in the warbreaker world um and maybe that's where she's from or where she spent a lot of time who knows but that would make a lot of sense in my head i'm not gonna touch that one. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, she's a she's a void bringer confirmed. That's what that's what Paul was saying. Okay. Yeah, she's a person. Okay. Solved. Okay, how about this? She is a herald, but she's also a Parshendi, and so Ooh. Oh, okay. we just we just have to figure that one out for ourselves, but who also uh, spent some time in the world of Warbreaker. And she is the light weaving herald, so she looks like a a normal human, but it's because she's light woven herself to look oh. so. Um, and Shalana's light song. Also, yes, yes. of course. Yes. Well, that's yeah. We already that's proved that. Water under the bridge. Yeah. yeah. So. Kaladin into 79 here is fighting alongside Azure, gets himself flashed to the sky by a fused. He's ready for it. Um, fights the fuse, stabs it in the gem heart, and wows everybody on the on the wall. And then he's kind of forced to reveal himself uh, to the city. Azure walks up, it's like, who are you? They're kind of continuing their conversation from the previous chapter of like, okay, let's have a talk. We we both know both of us are special. Who are you? Who am I? That like let's have that that talk, and yeah. it's almost implied that some of that takes place off screen, because they had 
they have a talk of I need to show you something and then it cuts. Right? Like and then that's the yep. end of the chapter. So I feel like there was more to that conversation that we didn't get to hear. Now Kaladin's going to be hiding secrets from us because he knows who Azure is and he's not sharing. Yeah, what the heck? Just like Trevor. Yep. <laughs> no wonder Kaladin is Trevor's favorite. Ugh. True. Goodness. I I thought it was kind of funny whenever Kaladin slays the fused, right? And doesn't he come down or whatever talks to them and they're like, all right, how many of y'all killed? Like, he was just genuinely asking, like, because they're like, oh my gosh, you killed a fused on your own. Like, you killed a fused. And they were like, he was like, yeah, I did. How, like, how many is that in total now? And they're like, um, well, that one will make it, uh, one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Which shows you clearly they need radiance in order to fight these things. Yep. Like that's that's what's intended to be, you know, able to go up against these is an army of radiance in order to fight an army of Voidbringers and Fused. And we have like three. Do you think that all of these new friends Kaladin has made are going to become squires as well so that they can fight the fiest. Maybe. Hopefully I can see it. Hopefully they live long enough for that to happen. Yeah, we'll see. Kaladin has done it beard, before, right? Beard, beard will take him. Kaladin has done that before, right? Taking people who you wouldn't think would be, you know, Radiant soldiers and and bridge four and brought them a long way. I, doesn't seem like that far of a stretch for him to take these wall guards and kind of make them another wind runner squire squad. Bridge five. Sure, <laughs> that's bridge four. Bridge two. four point one. <laughs> All right. Anything else from this episode? No, not here. We've got some interesting tidbits of, of Azure to think about for next week. But until then, we can read a little further and talk about it next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. I miss Zeth. <laughs>